Warning, this David Eagle podcast contains violence, but no scenes of a sexual nature. Sorry, I'll try harder next time. We've just left one of the worst hotels that we've ever stayed at, and the young'uns have been gigging for nearly 15 years, and in that time we've certainly stayed in some dire places. We once stayed somewhere in Norwich that had a communal toilet which also doubled up as the smoking room. By this, I don't mean that the people staying there just chose to flaunt the rules and smoked in the toilet. There was actually a sign on the door saying toilet and smoking room. This toilet come smoking room was stiflingly hot with a rotating fan that blew out heat, meaning that as soon as you opened the door, you were assaulted by an overpowering cocktail of smoke and shit being blown in your face and around the room at speed. It's one of the only times that I can claim to have taken a crap that had a positive influence on the ambient smell. This particular hotel was located in Connecticut. The young'uns are currently on the second week of our two-week US tour. Alarm bells started ringing as soon as we pulled into the car park. Actually, it was less bells and more sirens, as a police car and an ambulance zoomed in front of us and parked directly outside the hotel. By the time we'd got out of the car and unpacked, the ambulance and police car were speeding away, and we had observed the reason for their being there. However, we did later find out. And that revelation will come, probably in about 90 seconds from now, so keep listening. I'm aware that it's a really weird, dramatic time at the moment, and that you, like me, are probably refreshing the news every few minutes to see what new craziness is unfolding. So I thought it best to put in a little bit of a cliffhanger there. As we got nearer to the hotel, we began to seriously question our choice of accommodation. The building and its surroundings looked very dilapidated and crumbling. But our parents had always taught us not to judge on outside appearances, something that is obviously comparatively easier for me, being blind. But none of our parents had ever experienced this particular Connecticut hotel. But it was two in the morning, and the hotel had already been paid for, and so, with some trepidation, we entered. As the rather menacing-looking and sounding receptionist handed over our keys, we tentatively inquired as to the presence of the police and ambulance vehicles. The receptionist informed us, belying no trace of concern or compassion in his voice, that someone had been beaten up in one of the bedrooms and had just been carried out of the hotel in a stretcher. The receptionist must have registered the look of concern and surprise on our faces, and so added, Oh, don't worry, it happens all the time here. Which I think was somehow meant to act as a statement of vacation and reassurance. Perhaps he took our concerned expressions to be dismay that we'd missed the action, and he was trying to appease our disappointment with the news that we'd probably get to see another violent assault during our stay. We took the lift, which juddered and creaked in a very disconcerting manner. As we made our way to our room, we wondered whether, given the receptionist's statement that physical assaults happen all the time here, this beating up was an altercation between two people who were connected, or whether the hotel has a resident beater-upper who does the rounds. I reasoned that, being disabled, I should technically be in the bed furthest from the door, as I would surely be less quick and able to respond to an attack and protect myself, or for that matter the other two. It just made sense that the stronger members should defend the pack. Despite the really hot room and the uncomfortable nature of the bed, as well as the looming threat of violence, we were so tired that we fell asleep immediately. We were woken at 8am by a thudding on our door. Housekeeping, came a gruff voice. We answered that we were fine, thank you, although upon opening our eyes, the morning light brought into focus the myriad of stains and blemishes that had been unseen the night before. The room looked like it hadn't been cleaned for months. Perhaps it hadn't. Maybe the housekeeper guy deliberately knocks on people's doors ridiculously early, knowing that most people will say that they are fine, leaving him to clock off before nine. 
However, another thought suddenly occurred to me. What if he wasn't the housekeeper? What if he was the resident beater-upper who lures people into opening their doors to him, thinking that they're being knocked for a clean, where in reality they're about to be knocked clean out? Fortunately, the man shuffled away and tried his luck at another door. Sean was convinced that he'd been bitten by bedbugs. The shower refused to shower. Unless you consider shower to be a valid word to describe an intermittent single drip of scalding water about every ten seconds. Of course, we didn't complain. We didn't want to incur the wrath of the resident beater-upper. This morning, we're heading to do a radio interview on WGBH. All the radio stations around here start with a W. It's a legal thing. So, ignoring the perfunctory first letter, this station was essentially named GBH. Now, I don't know if this translates in the US. In the UK, GBH stands for Grievous Bodily Harm. Surely this can't be a radio station dedicated to physical assault and violent crime. Perhaps the hotel's resident beater-upper also hosts a show on there, maybe presenting a rundown of his favourite physical assaults that he's committed the night before, interspersed with a better variety of music, because he understands the importance of light and shade. We're a bit concerned about this interview. We just reread the email that the station sent us, and they wrote that they were hoping that they'd be able to twist our arms and get us to sing a few songs. I mean, this is the problem with digital radio and TV. You end up having so many stations that you, you have to get more and more niche to the point that they're creating a radio station dedicated to physical violence. In fairness to the station, their music is top-notch. But then again, as the jingle proudly proclaims, GBH, it's just hit after hit. But whilst they principally deal with the hits, they do, of course, also feature quite a lot of thrash. The station, however, seems to be doing really well. The latest ratings figures put them at number one, although I suppose it's inevitable that they beat their competition. We've currently got WGBH on in the car. They've just played R.E.M., Everybody Hurts. Before that, it was Frank Sinatra, I Get a Kick Out of You. They're now playing that song about the woman who's attempting to clean herself after committing a violent, gory crime on some poor bloke. As gruesome as the subject matter may be, it's got one hell of a catchy chorus, and as the song plays, the three of us just can't help but join in with the song. I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair. The final bars of the song fade, and an advert starts, which announces... Have you been in an accident that wasn't your fault? Call Big Terry and the boys, and we'll deal with it. Back next week, assuming that we survive WGBH. Spoiler alert, we do, because I'm here now. Well, I do, to Michael and Sean. Ah. And then there's an advert for a gig, but it's already been. And I don't think any of you turned up your buggers. So thanks a lot for that. Although it's not your fault, obviously, if you listen to the podcast. But the readers, I don't think any of them turned up. But it was a full house anyway, so it doesn't matter. And it was uh, Saturday the 31st of August, and I was doing support for the comedian and songwriter Boothby Graffo in Bristol. <laughs>